I'm so glad you joined us. Uh, this is week 12, if you can even believe it, uh, that we've been off campus and uh, offering services completely online. And there's a lot of excitement. I wish you could be here today in the studio. I wish we could show you around. There's a lot of excitement here today because today is our very last day um, to, to bring our service to you from the studio. Next Sunday morning at 9 and 11 o'clock on June 14th, we will be uh, here on campus offering in-person services. So we want you to join us for that if you're able to come out or uh, maybe you have a vulnerability of some kind and you're not able to yet. Uh, but if you are, man, we want you to join us. Mark that down on your calendar. It's going to be a very special day. And for those of you who will still be at home for whatever reason, we want you to know we've been working for weeks and weeks um, so th with you in mind so that we could continue to offer our services to you live. So next Sunday is going to be a big day for you too. We're going to be uh, bringing you our service live from the sanctuary, but I do want you to notice there's going to be a time change. It's not going to be at 1030. Next Sunday, we're going to move to 11. So make sure and join us for that. It's going to be a great time. We're really looking forward to being together online or on campus. Either way, we're very, very excited about it. So uh, thanks for taking the journey with us. And uh, we can't wait to see you in person and uh, wave and smile. And we'll be sharing with you all the different ways the service will be carried out so that we can make sure that everyone's safe. Now, today, um, I've been finishing the series we've called Hope Wins. And um, boy, I, I wish I was talking to you in different circumstances. Uh, but I know that you are aware that we are in an un unprecedented crisis, I think. I mean, we, we are fighting a global pandemic, which, by the way, is not over. Uh, we are seeing some encouraging signs, uh, but we're still in the middle of it. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that uh, George Floyd, uh, the, the uh, senseless killing that happened not long ago, and uh, all of the turmoil and frustration and anger and injustice that we as a culture are experiencing right now. Unemployment rate is uh, one of the highest I've seen in my lifetime. We do have a few good signs coming from the economy, but there's a lot of economic uncertainty even yet. And then also, um, man, just when we were out of starting to relax quarantine from, um, you know, the pandemic, now we're locked down because of uh, rioting and looting and um, we're just in a very violent time and a very uh, sensitive time. And uh, innocent people are suffering. Even uh, police officers are being attacked. And it's just, it's just a very troubling time. We're managing change and uncertainty uh, at breakneck speed. And so there's a lot of pressure on people who are on the front lines, wherever you may be. A lot of people are tired and stressed and even discouraged. And some people are giving up and quitting. And there's a lot of ways to quit. I mean, I, I found there's a lot of ways to look like you're not quitting, but still be quitting. Uh, now, one of the most obvious ones that we've seen in our, our time um, is uh, suicide. Or the suicide rate has gone up in our country, and people are vulnerable and at risk. Just the pressure that's built in on people. A drug addiction is a way to quit. You can just sort of give up and start to lean in on things that you know that aren't going to help you. And then disengagement. This is one of the ways that people quit, and it may not even look like from the outside. They may look okay. They may look like nothing's going wrong. But inside, they've just kind of given up and withdrawn and disengaged. 
divorce. Uh, man, if you were having some marriage tension before COVID-19, quarantine and uh, stress and pressure and fear and rioting and violence and all the things, man, it just has magnified what people feel. And divorce is a way to kind of throw your hands up and say, we're tired of fighting. We're not going to we're not going to keep going. Violence is a form of quitting. In other words, I tried to do this other ways and it's not working. So now I'm going to give up and just act out in violence. Some people go back to the sins that they were doing before they were saved or before they got set free. And that's really a way of giving up and saying, I can't take it anymore. And so there's a lot of ways to quit, <laughs> uh, but there, but, but there's, fewer ways to keep going. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Everybody's felt the temptation to quit. Queens have felt the temptation to quit. Presidents, politicians, even all-star athletes, winners have felt the temptation to quit. Boxers, business owners, there are people in the black community today that just feel the temptation to quit and to give up. Every pastor I know has felt the temptation to quit. Teachers, soldiers, Olympic athletes, police officers, doctors and nurses and those that are on the front lines, everybody has felt the temptation to give up and quit. You know, the, the, the pull to quit, the desire to quit is not unique. What is unique is the ability to find hope in dark times. And that's what this whole series has been about. We've called it Hope Wins. And our key scripture has been Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So our prayer throughout this entire series is that you and I would have our eyes opened so we could see the hope that God has called us to. And the way we've sort of packaged that is just said, man, hope wins. So let me give you three reasons this morning not to quit. Number one, God uses suffering to produce hope. Now that doesn't even sound like good news on the outside, does it? It doesn't even feel like something that we want to believe is true. But Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, I want to read it with you, and I want to show you how the Bible explains to us that hope can, can even emerge in, through suffering. Verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now, I want to be really clear about one thing, and that is um, there are some things that are bad, and there's no good in them. They are just bad, and that's it. But here's what I want you to know. God is bigger than bad things, and God is so good and so powerful and so much bigger, he can even bring something good out of something that is completely bad. And that's how I understand this verse that helps us, that helps us understand that he can bring hope from suffering. Now, is suffering the only way he can bring hope? Well, of course not. He can bring hope in a lot of ways, but God will use even suffering. So if you're struggling today, 
I want you to know God has the ability to use even the bad things that are happening, even if they're all bad, completely bad, 100% bad. God's so good, he can redeem those circumstances and bring hope from inside of them. Now, I I want you to know, um, I don't think that uh, we necessarily need to learn what hope is from people who maybe have never gone through difficult times or, you know, if you've had an easy life, congratulations. That's awesome. I'm glad you have. But what you might be experiencing might not be hope. What you might be experiencing is just what an easy life provides, energy, optimism, a positive outlook. But that's not the same thing as hope. What we do is when we look inside a person's life, that life has beat them up and beat them down. And through that process, they have somehow been able to learn that God is good and that goodness has sustained their faith. Now that's hope. And that's the person we need to look inside their life and learn hope from. Learning hope from a person who's only had an easy life is like trying to learn how to diet from a person who's been skinny all their life. They just don't have, they don't, they don't have the experience to show us. So I, I just want you to know that Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So what that means is God can use all things, even negative things, even bad things, even suffering. And God is doing it and will do it. Lean in today and be reminded that God is using even these crisis circumstances to produce hope. So if you believe that we serve a God that makes all things work together for the good of those who love him, just give us a thumbs up this morning. Like that's your way to say amen. That's your way to say, man, I believe it and I receive that in my life. So we know that uh, I, I don't want you to quit today because God produces hope from suffering. Here's the second reason that I don't think you should quit. God has poured his love into your heart. God has poured his love into your heart. Romans 5, verse 5, the very next verse from the verses we read earlier says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. I love that this verse doesn't say that he dripped his love or he sprayed his love. No, no, he poured it out. What does that tell us? God's intention is that he fill you that he overflow in you, that his intention is that he absolutely saturates and soaks every part of your being and my being with love. And now why, why does love even matter? Why love? Why not faith? Why not strength? Why not joy? Why not something else? Here's why love matters. Love never fails. Love conquers everything. It's the most powerful force on earth. The Bible tells us love drives out fear. Love is what motivated the Father to send the Son, Jesus, to earth. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us even the most selfless and powerful and impactful acts in world history are worthless and useless and just like a bunch of clanging noise if love is not the motive behind it. Why has God poured love into your heart as a believer? Because he wants to saturate you with the most powerful force for good on earth that can inform your hope and help you realize that hope 
actually wins. So why shouldn't you quit today? Don't quit because God has poured love into your heart. Now look back at Romans 5 verse 5 one more time because there's one more thought I want to give you from that scripture. And it's actually the first statement. And hope does not put us to shame. Here's the third reason you shouldn't quit today because hope will never fail. I want you to listen really carefully to what I'm going to say in the next few minutes. We've all experienced disappointments. We've been disappointed with people. We've been disappointed with leaders. We've been disappointed with ideas and institutions that were supposed to serve us. We've been embarrassed when they fail and we've put our trust or our hope in them. I know a couple of years ago, a pastor that I deeply admired had a terrible terrible failure, ugly. And it just, it just broke my heart. It just broke my soul. I grieved. I was so disappointed because I guess in some way I'd put hope in him as an example of what I and other people could be. It reminds me when I was in high school, um, we were in science class and the teacher asked an unusual question. The teacher said, how many of you believe that someone can have their finger cut off or detached and it can be sewn back on and, you know, still live. And I, I lifted my hand. It just so happened that I had saw a TV special a couple of weeks before that where that exact event had happened. A guy had lost his finger and they put it in a bag of ice and drove it to the emergency room, sewed it back on and reattached it. And the finger uh, took and it lived. But I raised my hand that day in that class because I thought, doesn't everybody know this? And I lifted my hand and I was the only one in the entire classroom with my hand up. And I realized it when I heard everybody laughing. Everybody, everybody was laughing because they thought, you've lost your mind. That can't happen. Can I tell you something? Some of you feel that way today. You've put your hope in God and you feel like you're the only one with your hand lifted and everybody's laughing at you. Everybody's looking around thinking you have some misplaced belief. You've put your belief in some fairy or mystery or something like that. But that's exactly what Romans chapter 5 is talking about. Hope in God will never put you in a place of shame or embarrassment. Ultimately, the curtain's going to be pulled back and the hope and the trust you put in God is going to be proven absolutely true. I can't tell you how good it felt when I had my hand up and I was laughing and I felt like I wanted to go, you know, hide somewhere. And the teacher said, you know, that's right, Jay. You're the only one that got that right. A finger can be sewn back on under the right conditions, you know, quickly enough and all of that. And it can live. And I can't imagine, I can't tell you how good it felt to be like, oh, I'm the, like I'm the smartest guy in the room. I was vindicated. And can I tell you something? There's coming a day of vindication. When all of those who put their hope in God will not be embarrassed, will not be put to shame, but the clouds are going to open up and we're going to see what we hadn't been able to see yet. And so I want to encourage you, today's not the day to quit because hope is never going to fail you. The Apostle Paul, when um, he was close to death and close to the end of his ministry, the very last letter he wrote was to his dear apprentice, Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he recorded these words. I have fought the good fight. 
I've finished the race. I kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Man, I, I love that verse. There's a couple of really powerful things he said there. I've kept the faith. That resonates with me, and it resonates with me because I've had days so dark, I didn't want to live anymore. I've had days so dark, I've asked God just to take me to heaven. I've had days so dark, I wanted to get in the car, and I wanted to drive out of town, and I didn't even care where I went. I just didn't want to come back. I've had dark days, and maybe some of you have had those. I've lost a lot of things. I've lost relationships with people who I thought would stick by me through thick and thin, and they didn't. I've lost time, and I've lost energy, and I've lost dreams. But there's one thing I hope I don't ever lose, and that's the faith. (laughs) I hope I can say like Paul said to Timothy, when I come to the end of my journey, I kept the faith. I kept the faith. From all the things I lost, faith wasn't one of them. And he said another really powerful thing there. He said, I finished the race. So I want to say this to you today. If you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're worn out, if you're weary, don't give up. You make a difference. We need you. Don't give up on the dream God has put inside you. As weak as you are, as tired as you are, all the mistakes that you've made, all the times you've started over, as unprepared as you may feel, don't give up. Today's not the day to give up because hope will never put you to shame. There's never going to be a day that God's going to be proven wrong. It's going to be proven all fake and phony. There's never going to be a day where God's going to let you down. So today's not the day to give up. We need you to finish the race. We need you to do what Paul the Apostle said he did to Timothy. He said, I finished the race. Your family needs you to finish the race. Your wife needs you to finish the race. Your husband needs you to finish the race. Your kids need you to finish the race. Your church needs you to finish the race. This community needs you to finish the race. You might not get a trophy. You might not get an award. But let me tell you what Paul the Apostle told Timothy. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you in heaven if you just don't quit. It's okay to give up. Man, I've given up a hundred times. Just don't quit. It's not the same thing. Start again. Hope wins because hope will never fail you. It will never shame you. It will never disappoint you. It will never embarrass you. One of my missionary heroes is a lady named Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael felt a call to India and she had a terrible disease and it left her with a uh, low energy and just not an ability to operate physically uh, effectively most of the time. Well, she was in India for 55 years serving as a missionary in those conditions. About 20 years before she died, she fell into a pit and that fall paralyzed her. And she spent most of the last 20 years of her life bedridden in India as a missionary unwilling to give up. She wouldn't go home. She actually died there and they buried her there in India. And she wrote an incredible poem about hope. And I want to read it to you this morning from the middle of a woman's life who knew suffering like very few of us have ever known. Here's what she said about hope. Hope through me, God of hope, 
or never can I know. Deep wells and living streams of hope and pools of overflow. O blessed hope of God, flow through me patiently until I hope for everyone as you have hoped for me. Today, if you're watching and you're tired, you're stressed, you're disappointed, you're discouraged, you might look fine on the outside, but inside, you know. I want to pray for you today, and I want to ask God to help you, and I want to ask God to do in your life and in mine what Ephesians 1.18 says, that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened, that we can see the hope that we have. So this morning, if you need hope, would you just slide over into the comment section now? And would you just simply type the words, I need hope. It doesn't matter what your need is. That's just your way of letting us know you have a need. I need hope. And what's going to happen is a prayer team member is going to meet you in the comment section and start to type a prayer specifically for you. And I'm going to pray for you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is going to surround you and lift your heart up and encourage you today. So would you just bow your hearts and pray with me now? Holy Spirit, I ask you, God of hope, that you would enter into the living room and the, the kitchen, the hallway, someone who's watching on their phone, somebody watching by replay later, maybe even just listening as they ride in the car. God, would you just enter into their space? Holy Spirit, I ask you to lift up the, the broken down, the discouraged, the tired, the angry, the frustrated, the hurt, the wounded. God, today we look to you and remind ourselves that really there's no hope anywhere but in you. So, Lord, we look to you today, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, would you just restore our hope today? Encourage, bring strength and energy, restore a smile, restore peace and joy today, and let your presence flow this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm so glad you took a minute to pray with us and you've watched this um, last um, sermon, last service from our studio today. Before our worship team comes and sings a beautiful song about the goodness of God, I want to give you an opportunity to give today and I want to say a, a, a special word to those of you who've been giving. I'm so grateful that you've been giving through this time because of your giving We've not only been able to sustain and stay online and do the things we've needed to do, but we've also been able to prepare for next week. And so I want to thank you for giving the way you have. And I want to say this to those of you who, who may not even know what's been going on behind the scenes. Our pastors and our staff have done an absolutely incredible job um, keeping things running. Somebody said to one of our pastors a couple of months ago, you know, this is kind of like a, a time off for you guys, isn't it? I'm going to tell you the majority of our staff have worked harder than, than we've ever worked in our life. 
And so our team has been working. I've been so inspired by their sacrifice and their unselfishness. And it's inspiring to watch a team of people so committed to what they're doing. And that's the pastors and the staff and the leaders that have been working behind the scenes at our church. So thank you for those of you who've been giving. I want you to know something. You have been right there on the front line with us. And you have empowered us to keep doing what we've been doing. And so thank you for being on the front line. Thank you for giving. We put a text number at the bottom of the screen today. You can text a gift in. You can mail it in. Uh, you can you can drive it by. You can give on our website. Uh, in the comment section is a link. However you give, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving. Now here's our worship team with one more song about the goodness of God.